When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, formerly known as your mayor of PHNX. Uh, and I was requested to open the show with a song about uh, backing that thing up again. Uh, back, you're, you're, you're a big fine reliever, won't you back that ass up? Because we are excited to talk about uh, some reinforcements coming to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And that was the way I was asked to introduce it. Uh, this is the guy that asked me to introduce it that way. He might play coy. He might play like he's an innocent lad, but he's, he's not behind the scenes. It's the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Sean ditched us again. He did. He ditched us for Nashville. He's going to start a family there. So I'm concerned. I mean, I am a little concerned. I am concerned. Like, okay, so like I'm concerned about you not drinking enough water and taking care of yourself. Sean, it's a bit more uh, like a teenage son that I'm worried about his rambunctious (laughs) nature and (laughs) the fact he might not come back and I might get the short end of the stick on this fucking deal with these guys trading my mayorship for Sean and it's looking like a worse deal every single day. Mayorship just doesn't doesn't get you what it used to, (sighs) you know? I just, I hate it so much, you know? But uh, I will get the people to vote for me once again and I will get the people to vote for Corbin Carroll and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. If you haven't done so already, what the hell are you waiting for? Get out there and vote right now you can vote once per day uh and it is time to get these guys into the all-star game jesse will say lourdes maybe not so much but corbin for sure should be a starter and uh of course uh we do have when it comes to lourdes Gurriel jr the toronto fans still behind us so that's exciting to know but uh michael in the chat says i mean i would ditch you to hang out with leah Petey and craig too that, wow. Words hurt, Michael. Wow. Words hurt. Uh, but Jesse, uh, thought on thoughts on this vote and uh, Corbin Carroll possibly getting one of those starting outfield positions. Yeah, I mean, the Braves have a really incredible fan base. And as you alluded to, the Blue Jays have a really incredible fan base. And it is going to be hilarious and tragic if Lourdes Gurriel and Michael Harris wind up as the two starting <laughs> outfielders uh, in the National League joining Ronald Acuna. What should happen, Derek, is it should be Mookie Betts of the L.A. Dodgers. So I think I think we'll get the votes. Correct. And it should be Corbin Carroll, even though he has been on a bit of a rough stretch of late. Uh, His MVP case isn't quite what it was uh, a week or so ago. But yeah, his numbers still make it abundantly clear that he very much deserves to start in the National League. And I mean, Michael Harris of, of the Atlanta Braves has had a nice few weeks, but his numbers are not even in the same stratosphere as Corbin Carroll. His OPS just got over 700 within the last few days. Uh, and Lourdes, as of a few weeks ago, did look like, you know, a prominent, reasonable candidate to start in the All-Star game. Unfortunately, we're no longer at that point. It should be Mookie Betts sure. and Corbin Carroll. Uh, and yeah, hopefully Diamondbacks fans show up in these next few days and make sure that the Corbin uh, gets that opportunity. Make sure to uh, vote for him because he's going to need that. I do think Corbin Carroll kind of has the the popularity of the baseball fandom behind him i feel like a lot of people now know who corbin carroll is they're excited about him uh and they want to vote to get him in there so uh let's make that happen it i think for me it goes beyond a lot of things it goes beyond just getting him into the all-star game it's just a fairly magical story for his first all-star game to not only be one in which he starts but for it to take place in the city he grew up in right like that's just that's that's an incredible story and uh we can help make that happen The Diamondbacks salvaged a crucial series finale against the San Francisco Giants on Sunday, uh, 5-2. Void the sweep. They're the only team in baseball that have not been swept, and that that continues. They're also the only team in baseball to not be shut out. They have set a franchise record now, 79 games straight this season without being shut out. So this team, even though we've... We've, we've complained about their offense at times. Uh, a very good offensive team when you talk about consistency and their ability to at least score some runs and also avoid 
losing these series uh, and getting swept. Uh, but Ryan Nelson was a big reason why they won that game. He was absolutely outstanding for the Arizona Diamondbacks yes. at a time where they needed him the most. It's kind of baffling that Ryan Nelson was the best starting pitcher in that series when we looked at it, because I'm sure we did not give him that credit when we were previewing that series. But man, did he step up uh, seven innings pitch, three hits, one earned run, two walks, six strikeouts. And his changeup was working. It was working. It was. Yeah. 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 That was the after the game, Ryan Nelson said that was the bestest changeup is has really ever felt in the big leagues. Uh, you know, he did have some really solid outings last year, obviously. He had a sub two ERA uh in three starts last last season, getting a cup of coffee in the majors. But what he did yesterday was probably the most complete package that we've seen from Ryan Nelson. And and it's a reason why this guy was a top one hundred prospect for a lot of people, you know, there's a reason why Ryan Nelson was was viewed in that way coming to up through the D-back system because he does have pretty good stuff. And although the secondary stuff has been really inconsistent, it's not the it's inconsistent. It's not that it doesn't exist. It's just that it sort of comes and goes and you see flashes of it and then suddenly just doesn't have a feel for whatever pitch anymore. And, you know, in this game, it wasn't just the changeup for me, Derek. It was also the slider. He got four whiffs on the slider, seven whiffs on the changeup. When he has those secondary pitches working, he doesn't need them to be elite. Like he just needs them to help keep hitters off balance yeah. because his fastball is is a really good pitch. And you saw what that can look like in that game at a time when the Diamondbacks very much needed that. Uh, I think the the mood around here, Derek, uh, in this uh, in, in these this world of Diamondbacks that we live in, the mood would be very different coming into today if the Diamondbacks had not won. That Sunday game. I mean, you'd be looking at a sweep. You'd be looking at a half game lead in the NOS. But Ryan Nelson came through in a yeah. big way. Uh, there was a question in the chat. BK underscore 14 asks, what's the MLB record for most games without being shut out? Diamondbacks aren't close to that one. Uh, that belongs to the 31 through 33 Yankees who went a staggering 308 games without wow. being shut out. <laughs> the, but more recently, the 2018-19 Yankees went 220 games without being shut out. That's over a season. Uh, so a lot of these are teams that, so for the top five, pretty much they all finished an entire season plus without being shut out. So the Diamondbacks have a long way to go in regards to that. But as far as franchise history goes, they are there. And uh, honestly, it kind of makes sense with this team and their ability to win at times in ways that, uh, you know, we've talked about. They've, they've won in a lot of different ways. They've had a lot of different guys step up. Uh, on Sunday, though, we did have, once again, a little bit of a scare. It wasn't exactly sexy time with Scott McGuff. It wasn't lights out, <laughs> blow out the candle, put the kids to bed, Scott McGuff. Uh, but uh, he did end up a able to to keep the game from, he, as, as Jesse would say, he bent, but he didn't break uh, in that game, going one and a third innings, giving up three hits, no runs, two walks, two strikeouts. Uh, and again, wasn't wasn't solid, but still went out there and did his thing. His splitter wasn't really working that well for him. Uh, but again, Scott McGuff, definitely a guy that continues to have value when it comes to, you know, coming out of the pen for this team. What's really wild to me is like I came away from that outing also thinking that his, he didn't really have a splitter. And then I look back at the numbers and he had nine whiffs <laughs> in like nine whiffs yeah. in, in that short of an outing is yeah. really incredible. Five on the splitter. He got whiffs on five of 13 swings there on three of seven swings on his four-seam fastball. He also got a whiff on his slider. He didn't get charged um, with a run, but a run did score while he was out there, right? Yeah. So he still keeps the score. He allowed score. an Andrew Chafin inherited runner. Yeah, to, to so score. he still keeps a scoreless streak, right? Because he does have a pretty long scoreless streak. Yes, so. technically. Um, but yeah, he just wasn't really in the strike zone. Yeah. That was really the difference. Uh, only 39% of his pitches yesterday were actually in the zone. Uh, you know, which it doesn't need to be that high because you are getting a lot of chase on pitches out of the zone, but it probably needs to be higher than 39%. Uh, but, you know, helpful that the Diamondbacks have an off day today, so he's able to get a day off oh, after man. throwing 38 pitches in that game on Sunday, which is probably about as many as the Diamondbacks would possibly be comfortable with him throwing. This off day couldn't come at a better time. We know they should have had an off day when they went to D.C. to play the Nationals for that makeup game. Uh, so this particular off game, I think 17 games in a row they've played, 17 days straight. Uh, they really need this one. Saturday didn't look so great. Diamondbacks, you know, of course, 
once again, in this series, they they looked good at times, but they just couldn't keep the Giants from scoring. They couldn't keep the Giants from scoring at critical times. Right. Uh, Merrill Kelly was not good in Saturday's game. He gave up uh, five earned runs, seven runs total, 10 hits in five innings. It just was probably his worst start of the season because Merrill yeah. has quietly been you know, right up there with Zach Gallon as far as uh, consistency and as far, as far as performance goes. But, you know, they just had everything going wrong for them. You know, you had Corbin Carroll making a, a routine, a really big mistake on a routine fly ball uh, that ended up being <laughs> tremendously important in this game. So yeah. uh, a lot of mistakes. And again, we've talked about the Diamondbacks just needing to play cleaner baseball in order for them to continue to win. I mean, yeah, that that wound up being a 7-6 game. The D-backs had the, the tying run 90 feet away against Camilo Duvall in, in the ninth inning. So, yeah, I mean, in a sense, that that just made things a little bit harder to swallow, right? Corbin oh, Carroll made made that, uh, you know, muffed that fly ball, as you said. That resulted in two more runs scoring. Um, Merrill Kelly, though, was not good at all. Uh, five innings, 10 hits, seven runs, five of those earned. Uh, two walks, two strikeouts. I personally, and I know we talked about on Friday with Zach Davies, probably how Zach Davies probably should have been removed to start the fifth inning or at least soon after that, that maybe Torrey was a little bit too slow there. Yep. I I mean, I know I, I kind of get it with bringing Merrill Kelly out for the sixth inning because he's been so good for this team. I, I don't really have a huge criticism of that, but it was clear that he just didn't have his best stuff in this game. And, you know, sure enough, you bring him out in the sixth inning. It's a walk and a two run homer. Um, and that also you could view as being the difference in this game. So uh, a very was, winnable was, game in yeah. a lot of ways for the D-backs. They, you know, Christian Walker yeah. cleared the bases with a with a double at one point. You felt pretty good about the D-backs chances of winning. But yeah, between Merrill Kelly just not having his best stuff. I think the D-backs had a runner at third one out um, at, at one point in this game. Weren't able to score that run. A lot of different ways where the D-backs could have won this game, and yeah. they just they just weren't able to do. They that. weren't they weren't atrocious with runners in scoring position, but the Giants were just better, and the Giants yeah. just it, it felt like whenever the Giants started getting on a roll, they did it together. They were able to get hits and bunches uh, in both of those wins. They that's how they've gotten to this point. The Giants are kind of a scary team. When we talked about this uh, NL West on Friday, nobody really wanted to give them credit, uh, but. They're, they're doing this without some of their best players right now, and those guys are still going to come back. So when we get you know some of these teams in NL West up to a hundred percent as far as you know their rosters go, the Dodgers, the Giants, it's going to be it's going to be a scary uh, couple of last months. I think it's going to be interesting baseball. We're going to have uh, a lot of a lot of crucial games against NL West opponents, but this Giants team shouldn't be taken lightly. Let's take a look at the numbers from this series, uh, kind of. Tells the story a bit. This series was very, very close. Literally, the Giants won the entire series by one run. Uh, there was a winnable, a winnable series in San Francisco for the Diamondbacks, and they weren't able to capitalize. But uh, very similar here in hits, errors, uh, starting pitching, ERA, big, big, big part of the reason Not why great. the Diamondbacks <laughs> lost the series. Yeah, yeah. The I mean, the the Giants got two really great starts in the series, right? Logan Webb and Anthony DiSclafani, and then then they had their bullpen game, which really didn't work out very well. The Diamondbacks did score a number of runs in that game, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, when when the opposing team it's four oh seven with runners in scoring position across three games, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough to come out on top. But you know, as we said coming into this series, Derek, like this did not. This was not well laid out for the D-backs. Like you only had Merrill Kelly going in in this series, right? Out of him and, and Gallon. And then you also had both Davies and Ryan Nelson pitching, who obviously have struggled recently. Whereas the Giants had DeSclafani and Logan Webb pitching. So yeah. and the Giants came in as basically the hottest team in baseball or one of the hottest teams in baseball. So I think taking one out of three in this series, as I said on Friday, is fine. It's not, it's not what you want, and it does sort of feel like the D-backs might have left something on the table here, but it's fine. You can absolutely move forward. You still have a two-and-a-half game lead in the NL West. Not the end of the world how this thing turned out. Completely agree, but it feels like at times, especially that, that's why it's funny to take stock about where we're at with this team. We would have probably killed to to have the Diamondbacks be in the position they're at currently, right? With, 47 and 32. With a two-and-a-half game lead in the NL West and, and leading leading the division at this point of the season. 
we are four days away from the end of the month. We're almost in July. We're almost to the all-star break. And the Diamondbacks have not only maintained the lead in NL West for the majority of the season, but they've been able to, you know, beat some good opponents. But they're going to need to do that now. Now, now is where things kind of uh, shift gears and and get to where they are. They have a much more difficult schedule. Uh, they have the Rays coming up, and uh, what they're going to need is they're going to need guys to perform the way that some of these young guys have been performing since coming back uh, from the minors, and that would be Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy. Yes. Both of these guys have been incredible for this team. Alec Thomas, the young king, has returned. The young king has absolutely returned. Let's take a look at Jesse's tweet that pretty much tells the tale of what these guys have done since returning. I mean, my God, I know it's only 25 plate appearances, but Alec Thomas slashing 400, 400, 640. Good, good God. The number that really stands out to me more than anything is 14 on Jake McCarthy's ledger. The man has 14 stolen, stolen bases, bases, Derek, in 102 plate appearances. What? I wrote over the offseason at one point how I thought Jake McCarthy actually could steal 60 bases this year, given the new rules and everything. Obviously, doesn't look like that's going to happen sure, just given how much time he spent in the minors right. and whatnot and how slow he started but yeah like he's on that kind of a pace like jake mccarthy is stealing bases at an alarming rate and and he doesn't need to he doesn't need to hit 320 he doesn't need to slug even 450 uh, with his 308 366 418 line since calling since being called back up from the minors there's so much value there for the d-backs between his defense and his base running and I mean, talk about a pesky number nine hitter, right? I mean, Jake McCarthy is like the the, the number nine hitter that every team would would dream of, right? Uh, and Alec Thomas, man, um, the the mechanical changes are not super obvious. They've talked a lot on the broadcast about how the leg kick is still there, but it's toned down a little bit. We were kind of monitoring his time in Reno and, and some of the adjustments that were being made there. It seemed like those things were sort of consistent. But yeah, he's he's just he's doing the thing like he's actually hitting line drives. He's not rolling over the top constantly. He's shown some power with three doubles in that home run. And you're at the point now where you kind of feel like Alec Thomas might just be a pretty darn good player the rest of the way. Uh, it's amazing how when you have a 23 year old kid like that who has the ceiling that he does. Sometimes it's just a matter of making a few quick adjustments and you're right back to being the player that people thought you could be. Taking a step back when it comes to Jake McCarthy, Jake McCarthy played 22 games in Reno this season. That's just a reminder. He's only played 49 major league uh, games yeah. this year. And Jake McCarthy is currently ninth, no, excuse me, eighth in the National League in stolen bases. That's wild. That is crazy. <laughs> that is absolutely bonkers. But uh, And it's going to continue to happen because this team really – I mean, their their DNA right now is is that creating chaos on the base path. Their ability to not necessarily you know stand there and hit a bunch of dingers like we've seen in a few games this season, but to manufacture runs and to cause the defense literally to make mistakes with their speed and just the idea that they might steal, the idea that they might take extra bases. I mean, we're seeing teams make a lot of mistakes because they have to make a decision so quickly. And in some cases, people are just making terrible decisions. Uh, but uh, Alec Thomas and Jake McCarthy aren't the only ones having an absolutely crazy June. Uh, Cattell Marte and Christian Walker yeah. have both absolutely stepped up for this team. I don't know if it's the all-star snubbing. I don't know if it's just the <laughs> fact that these guys are absolutely solid baseball players. And it, it sometimes takes a little while, but they absolutely have come around. Uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the Burger King commercial. I don't know, but that must be what it, it, it absolutely must be. Cattell though, <laughs> Cattell has been crazy for this team, and honestly, Cattell not making the All Star game if he doesn't make the All Star game is an absolute tra travesty. Uh, this man is slashing three thirty three, four fifty eight, six twenty eight with six home runs, twenty RBI, five stolen bases. Uh, six, look at this; these, these numbers are crazy. Seventeen walks, fourteen strikeouts. Like uh, Cattell Marte has been incredible. Christian Walker also incredible. Yeah, 372, 433, 628 in June for Christian Walker. If it wasn't for Fernando Tatis doing what he's done in the month of June, which unfortunately for the, for the D-backs is a, maybe a tick above these numbers, uh, both Christian Walker and Cattell Marte would be like neck and neck right now in uh, in the conversation for NL Player of the Month because they have been that that incredible. Uh, Christian Walker, you see here on the graphic three homers, he also has 13 doubles in the oh month of June, which That's is a crazy. which is a ridiculous what? number of doubles what? to have at at this point in the month. Uh, so yeah, I mean there have been 
some guys in the D-backs uh, lineup who are sort of going through it, right? Corbin Carroll, the last few days has not been great. Lourdes Curiel, really the whole month of June has been kind of a disaster for him. But it's felt like the whole season, anytime you have a couple guys going through it at the plate, you've got another couple guys who are just on another level. And Christian Walker and, and Cattell Marte have absolutely been that. And to expand on Cattell Marte for a second, this was one of the X factors for the D-backs coming into this season. Yeah, like Cattell absolutely. getting back to being Cattell. Cattell getting back to the player that he was in 2019 and in 2021 and staying healthy. Like that, there's so much value there. And that's exactly what he's been pretty much to this point in the season. If you compare his numbers this year with his numbers in 2019 and 2021, there's not that big of a difference. Yeah. Like Cattell is basically back to being uh, you know, uh, the kind of player who could get down ballot MVP votes, which is which is just unbelievable considering where he was last year. And like I said this whole time, he gave a solid post-game interview in English with Todd Walsh yesterday. I knew he had it in him. Uh, <laughs> I've heard him speak English fluently, but uh, it's awesome. Awesome to, awesome to see him playing, though, because like Jesse said, he's an absolute X-factor for this team. This guy needs to needs to be good. He needs to be the Cattell that we know of him to be. Defensively, we've seen him still be a step behind at times, but yeah, that um, might just be who he is at this uh, point, right? And on the flip side, though, it's like, again, it's kind of like the bullpen like you, 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 the mistakes stick in your head more than the fact that he has made some pretty incredible plays at times at second base, and it's yeah. still shown he has good range there, but uh, definitely not. Uh, I don't know if I would say good range, but I would, but uh, serviceable on. range. Like he's all right. He's all right. He wasn't all right in that I one game in Milwaukee. I didn't say great range, Jesse. I said good range for a reason, but it's below average range. Uh. But he still held his own at second base, and oh, he's been better there than he was last year. And frankly, if you have a second baseman with an OPS of nine hundred. It doesn't really matter what kind of defense they're playing. At yeah, second you're not base. taking them out of the ball uh, out of the lineup anyway. So there's and, a lot of value there. Yeah, uh, and we have a questions about lineup. We have questions about all sorts of things, including some breaking news when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But uh, first, before we do that, uh, we did have one last thing. Drew Jones uh, is being held out with a hamstring injury. Don't it's know the extent of it, but of course they're going to be very careful with Drew Jones, and uh, we'll probably see him miss. Uh, considerable amount of time yeah he was on a on a rehab assignment uh in the complex league and uh and yeah he suddenly just like didn't play for a few days so we kind of wondered what was up there and sure enough nick pecoro over from the arizona republic wrote a story today uh where josh barfield the diamondbacks farm director revealed that he does have a right hamstring strain uh this is you know he was just dealing with a quad strain that he suffered in visalia earlier this year and then, of course, there was the labrum tear and the big shoulder surgery last year. Uh, you know, that, that injury was suffered literally in his first batting practice after joining the Diamondbacks organization. He has had just horrifically bad injury luck to this point in his pro career. And it's unfortunate, right? I mean, Drew Jones's ceiling is still sky high. He's only played 14 professional games. He hasn't played well in those games. If you look at the stats, you're going to be like, oh, gosh, this man got a $9 million signing bonus. That doesn't seem right. But it's such a small sample, and and he just hasn't really been able to stay on the field at all. So hopefully this isn't too long. Barfield said it'll be a few weeks. It sounds like the middle of July would be the soonest that he could come back and get back on the field. But you just hope that Drew Jones is able to get reps in as soon as possible because it really has been a rough go for him to start his pro career. And, of course, he should go sit with the scouts. That's that's just a that's rule. true. Yeah, I mean, he's rule. here. He's here in Arizona. Yep. So they might as Go well have him scouts. sitting in the sitting with the scouts in the at the ballpark and make, watching the D-backs take take on the Rays this make, week. Make right? the best of your time like Corbin Carroll and Jordan Lawler did. But uh, if you want to make the best of your time, make sure to download the Bet MGM app if you haven't done so already. Of course, starting on June 23rd, Bet MGM players will now receive a bonus bet upon logging into your Bet MGM Sportsbook every Friday. For the next three weeks, that's on top of the other uh, bonus period that they're going to give you as well. So claim period extends through Saturday and Sunday, 72 hours to log in the claim and then 72 hours to use the bonus bet after you log in. So log in at any point during the weekend and claim your bonus bet on the house. It's just one of the many benefits that you can get by downloading and being part of the BetMGM app. If you haven't signed up for the BetMGM app, use code B, bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our AZ audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And now listen to Shane talk about the disclaimer. 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Well, if you are here right now on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, God bless you. Thank you for being here. Of course, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure to do so right now. Sign up for notifications. What a saint. I mean, God, you're just a great person. Uh, but you'd be the best person if you left us a little thumbs up. Of course, That's if you're listening true. right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, make sure to subscribe there. Sign up for noti- or wait, sign up. That's on the other thing. Uh, leave us a review. We like the reviews. Leave us a review. Let us know how we did. We always appreciate the feedback. Most importantly, grab yourself a PHNX diehard membership today. Become part of the PHNX family. Not only will you get a free gift certificate for $50 to Mountain Mike's, you also get a ranch card for Dobson Ranch and a free uh, piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. Hat, shirt, whatever you want. Uh, You also get 20% off all future purchases. You get access to our members-only Discord lounge, which is the best place to be an Arizona sports fan. We just scream in there about the Arizona Diamondbacks. We scream. We send memes. uh, we, We attack we 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 meet personal attacks on athletes. It's, it's a fun place to be. Join us there. Of course, you also get access to Jesse's newsletter, Full Count, as well as so much more, including discounts with our partners, special merchandise, and uh, of course, discounts on events that we have, like our takeover events. So make sure to join us with a diehard membership and join us at our takeover events too. They're a whole lot of fun. We got one coming up in July, uh, but. That's in July. This is June. Diamondbacks are winning a lot in June. And of course, uh, today is a day that you guys all know what we do around here. Every week is Shark Week. Every day is Earth Day. And every Monday, we go to the mailbag. Mega Ran, let's go. My mailbox. Always something interesting in my mailbox. I try to get to everything in my mailbox. And then once in a while, there's a letter that makes me go, wow, wow. My mailbox. Oh, man, I am, again, I'm so sick of that guy's voice. We spent a whole lot of time in a car together driving between. Uh, does he sing Does he sing you the Mailbag Monday song? Oh, no, he doesn't sing. Out? No, he doesn't sing to me at all. As a matter of fact, oh. we're not allowed to listen to his music when we're in a car together. That's the kind of guy he is. He's that uh, that humble. Uh, but I did get to hear, by the way, I should say, I, I do get to hear his music sometime. Uh, on our last trip, I got to hear his new children's album that is coming oh. out. And it made me tear up it's beautiful so uh if you are a parent it is a must-have for your kids and of course keep your uh ears up for that one but uh we're not i'm not I'm not promote i'm done promoting his stuff i'm promoting my stuff it's this show it's mailbag monday damon what do we got for our first mailbag question brett lee johnson i, sh- I feel like i should, should scream when i do brett lee johnson's uh questions with justin martinez being called up oh i'm sorry uh who do you see him replacing and who do you think he's here for more of a long relief, two to three inning guy, or more for six, seven, eighth innings. For those of you that don't know and have not been paying attention to our uh, PHNX D-backs account on Twitter, uh, Justin Martinez posted a whole lot of Instagram stories and reels uh, suggesting that he has been called up to the major leagues. A lot of congratulations from friends, a lot of pictures. So it would appear Justin Martinez, based on that, is being called up to the Arizona Diamondbacks. So uh, that does leave us in a position to wonder who is uh, he going to be re- replace, and and how is this uh, going to impact the starting rotation and the D-backs going forward? It's yeah, it's not a super easy question to answer, frankly, and it is also a little odd that the Diamondbacks are bringing up Justin Martinez yes. and they're not bringing up Kevin Ginkle, who Kevin pitched Ginkle. really well for this team and and got sent down anyway. It's an interesting move here by the organization, but. We can kind of go uh, process of elimination here. Yep. I'm going to go with with the relief pitchers because I, I don't see any any moves happening in the rotation. Of course, everyone wants Just to know if Zach Davies is being DFA'd. Like 20 of the questions that were responses uh, to to uh, this and the other tweet were basically Zach Zach Davies D- getting DFA. I don't I don't see it. Not at, not at that. this point. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, just 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 playing devil's advocate. The only way I would see it is if maybe. Uh, we see Dre moved up into the starting rotation. But they can't do that. They can't do that at this point. They've already said that they can't they've, stretch Dre They've Jameson already said that they see him more. Yep. They could use him as like an opener guy, though. Right. So I guess they but, could use him as a starter in that but sense. But that's very much not likely. You know, I, I think no. that, you know, what we heard from them is that Dre is going to maintain that role in the bullpen. But that, if, if you're asking, that's the only way that it could possibly 
you know, this move could possibly impact Zach Davies being sent. Unless it's, I mean, unless there's some sort of injury, I guess that would be, that would sure. be the other thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, so if we're, if we're just focusing on relievers, I don't think you're sending out Austin Adams. He's been good. Miguel Castro clearly off the table. Andrew Chafin clearly off the table. Dre Jameson has been pretty good. I don't see that. Scott McGuff, obviously there's no way that's happening. Too sexy. Leave, right. Exactly. Uh, leaves you with three guys, uh, Joe Mantiply, Kyle Nelson, Jose Ruiz. Those are the guys who have yeah. been a little bit inconsistent in the bullpen. Uh, but even among those, I don't think there's really an obvious choice here. Uh, Joe Mantiply, right, the all-star last year, just came back from injury. Yeah. He has not pitched well recently, but I don't know if you're ready to pull the plug there. Kyle Nelson has not been good of late, but he actually was quite good in his most recent outing, I believe, on Saturday in this series. Uh, was really good in, in that game. And then Jose Ruiz is tricky because he doesn't have any options left. So if you're going to move on from Jose Ruiz, then you're moving on from Jose Ruiz. You're, you're allowing him to depart from the organization. Maybe the D-backs are at the point where they'd be willing to do that, but they don't need to. Justin Martinez is already on the 40-man roster, so they don't need to make a 40-man roster move in, in order to make this happen. So it feels like one of those three guys to me, Derek, but as far as who it is, I don't know. There, there, could, be, there could be something else at, at play here. Uh, and we might just kind of have to wait and see how this unfolds. Absolutely. And we probably won't hear anything today because it is an off day. So most likely yeah. the corresponding move and making that news official will happen tomorrow. So we will bring you more information on that once it does. I personally think it's going to be Kyle Nelson. Uh, but honestly, there's not a lot of left-handed options in the bullpen uh, is Justin Martinez left-handed or he's right? Justin Martinez is okay. right-handed. And so, we should probably talk about how Justin Martinez throws 100 miles an hour. We absolutely should. A, and has a pretty filthy splitter. Also yep. throws a slider, which is not as big of a pitch for him. It's actually pretty much an identical pitch mix to Scott McGuff, actually. Uh, just like add five miles per hour to the, to the fastball. <laughs> I like that. That's, <laughs> that sounds hot. That sounds sexy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but of course, throwing scoreless innings is sexy. Uh, and I know this very much impacts Brett Johnson because I believe Brett Johnson has the entire rainbow of Justin Martinez uh, cards. Yeah, or rookie cards, autographed yeah. rookie cards. Uh, yeah, everything. Bradley Johnson has it all. Best so. best of luck to you, sir. What else we got? <laughs> uh, buddy CWP Cactus on Ice asks, "What would you consider to be the greatest strength of the D-backs in the first half, and what is the biggest area of improvement for this team in order to stay?" In the playoff picture, fantastic question. Uh, I would say the greatest strength of this team would probably be taking a step back to what I said earlier, like not manufacturing runs, but their ability to make things happen on the base path to to score runs based on the fact that they take uh, they take advantage of mistakes the op opposition makes. They take advantage of lackadaisical play and take extra bases. Jake McCarthy will get on first. Uh, on a ground out somehow, and then he'll still second and third. He'll he'll make a, a an out essentially into a triple before the next guy is even you know at the dish or 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 before the next out is recorded. So I really feel like that is their best ability is to just make things happen uh, offensively when they don't really have a lot going on. I mean, we've seen it also be you know kind of go in an area where they all can kind of slump at the same time. But this team this year has just had a, a wide array of contributions from from everybody offensively. Yeah. That's why we kind of laugh about the Pavin Smith stuff because even though Pavin Smith has doesn't have great numbers and even though Pavin Smith hasn't been very good at the plate, the times he has been good have been critical for this team to win games. And he like again, he's just one of those guys that at, at times have stepped up and helped this team win. That's probably one of their best attributes in the first half. The offense for me is yeah, just the offense as a whole. Uh, I mean, the D-backs right now are fifth in the league in OPS with a 768 OPS, which is pretty darn good for an entire team to have a 768 OPS. Above the, the Dodgers, by the way. Yeah, the D-backs have scored 409 runs this year, which is tied for fourth in baseball. No matter what way you look at it, this offense has been elite, yeah. frankly. Yeah. And, it, and that's why Top the D-backs are where they are. I know Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly have been great, uh, but you know the rest of the starting rotation has been so poor that the starting rotation yeah. as a whole isn't really a strength. The bullpen has been significantly improved from last year, but I still wouldn't say it's been a strength. I wouldn't really say it's above average. It's kind of been around average. But it's, it's not a problem. Afloat. Like starting right. pitching has more been the problem. 
for this team when you talk about with that problem yeah. it's it's starting pitching it, it's their starting pitching is so problematic that it's kind of shocking that they have this record considering the inconsistencies they've had some of the eras on the starting pitchers that aren't merrill kelly and zach gallon and honestly just the fact that they've had so many young guys in the rotation trying to balance out this team that is way better than they have business being um no by the way so, uh, look what you guys are People doing are trying to look like what you guys are doing to existence. the poor guys in the chat uh zona tucson no Xavier, zach davies did not get dfa'd yet uh what else we got i think that's all you got anything else to add to that as far as uh as far as like the weaknesses things yeah. that need to be improved moving forward i think the starting rotation is pretty much the obvious answer there no one wants to see what this looks like the rest of the way if it's zach allen mara kelly and you know, even though Ryan Nelson was was better, you know, a lot better in his last start, even though Tommy Henry was good in his last start, there's just not enough stability in the rotation moving forward for me. So I think that's pretty clearly the the area that they need to improve. The stop most. playing Corbin Carroll in the center field. Just stop it. Just stop it. OK, I'm not saying he's not capable of playing center field. Just stop playing him in center field. Let's that's just a, keep him on the corner. Interesting. That's an interesting take. I don't want him in center field. I feel like the majority of the mistakes we've seen him make has been when he's playing center field. And I don't know what it is about that position, but I just don't want him there. I, like, I mean, if you have Alec Thomas in the majors, then yes, there really is. There's no, no reason. No need yeah. to play. Oh, and, and honestly, Jake McCarthy should play center field over over Corbin. That's my opinion. But that's just my opinion. That's just one Humble man's opinion, wearing an Iron Sheik shirt. What else we got, Damon? Uh, B. Brian3921 on Twitter asks, is there a reason as to why starters haven't been announced for the race series? Yes. Poss- possible change in the rotation. Jesse, mm. do you have any answers as to this uh, kind of intriguing question? I don't know if it's the change in the rotation. I don't know really why there isn't uh, any because usually the probables, even if they're not correct, are usually still out there. You know, you usually have a probable or two in the series. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to reveal them until they until they pretty much know who it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is it is a little interesting. The the Rays, although as of right now, I'm not seeing a starter for the Rays on Thursday. I think they have starters locked in. Yeah, they have Zach Eflin on Wednesday and then Bradley starting on Tuesday. But yeah, I do wonder if the Diamondbacks are looking at moving Zach Davies back. I don't think the D-backs are going to DFA Zach Davies, but I do think they might be considering moving him back. They don't technically need him to start until Saturday, I believe it is, in Anaheim. So, and especially against the Tampa Bay Rays, right? You probably want to put your your best foot forward in, in this series if you can. So what the D-backs could do is they could go... Uh, Zach Allen on Tuesday. I think it's obvious he's going to start Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then Tommy Henry would line up for Wednesday. And then on Thursday, the D-backs could go back to Merrill Kelly uh, because of the off day. He would be on full rest. If he pitched on Thursday, you could skip Zach Davies there, but you would have to reinsert him theoretically on Saturday or make some sort Against of a roster move. Yeah. yeah, they can't just skip Davies altogether this turn, but they can push him back. They can push his spot back to Saturday if they want to. So they might just be continuing to think through through some options there absolutely the other thing i will say is uh brandon fought was very good in his last outing for uh for the reno aces yep. and his next start lines up for thursday technically i'm not going to rule out that that could be a possibility we don't really have any reason to believe that but i i wouldn't rule it out at this point either i mean are you ready to just have brandon fought power his way through it and figure out at a major league level like what more does he need to learn in Reno, I mean, what, what, because that's what, that's yeah, what we see. It's a fair, it's a fair point. We, we see him kind of get back into a groove and then do well in Reno. Sometimes he kind of can fall out of it, but it's not for too long of a period of time. He did get, you know, obviously he got rocked in the major leagues, and that's not not everybody's always going to come up and have the success that Dre Jameson and Ryan Nelson had last year. That was weird. It was magical. We can't wait until the Padres come back in town. That's too far away. We need Brandon Fought here now. So. I, I'm not against it, but I do like your first idea better. I like the concept of going up against essentially the number one team in baseball right now and putting your best foot forward, and that would be Zach Gallen, Tommy Henry, 
and Merrill Kelly pitching. Yeah. Against and, and, and that's, I like that as the reason why we don't have probables yet. The other reason uh, to maybe not bring up fought at this point is do, do, would, if you were going to bring up fought, would you actually want to do it against the Rays? Like, do you want to be like, welcome, no. back, welcome back to the Big no. East kid. Here's the best offense in baseball. Yeah, but the Angels have Go been playing him, well, right? to be fair. So, I mean, the Angels, you know, if you that's were to true. do that, it's, it's also, you don't have another poor team coming up after the Rays that then you have to worry about that. Also, we also, if he doesn't start against the Rays, we get into that whole thing of, well, he has to make his next start in Reno, and then that's going to push off his potential being called up an, a, a, another week or so, right? So. I also don't understand, like, if you were to bring up Fott in the next few days, you're still probably not DFAing Zach Davies for reasons we discussed earlier. So, like, whose spot is he here to take? Like, if you're going to bring up Brandon Fott, you want him to have a rotation spot. I would think you're not DFA. So you're not DFAing Zach Davies. I, I, the Diamondbacks are not. I, I would be really surprised if the Diamondbacks DFA'd Zach Davies like this week. Uh, it could happen. It could happen not too far from now. I mean, I know the tweets have been floating around comparing like Zach Davies' last three starts with Madison Bumgarner's last few starts there before. Are those tweets. I've the, seen those, those tweets. Those tweets are, are out there. <laughs> they exist. I've seen them. But there's just there's not enough starting pitching depth here for me for the D backs to be like, nah, you can just walk. We don't need you. I yeah. don't no, know yeah, if they're you quite that yet. That's for sure. That's for sure. All right, what else we got, Damon? Uh Jacob Schult on Twitter asks, is this D backs fan base too reactionary? <laughs> it feels like the sky is falling after every loss on Twitter. What do you think, Derek? Uh yes, the answer is yes. Uh <laughs> well, I I you know what I think? I think that the D backs fan base is ready for things to implode at any given moment. And I think that's the worst part about how the history of this team has caused us to have trust issues, right? Like you don't believe that this team really is as good as it is, despite the fact that Jesse read off the numbers to you that he did. They are an elite team offensively, and they have two of the best starting pitchers in baseball. That is the reason why the Diamondbacks are in first place in the NL West. Yeah. That is the reason why the Diamondbacks continue to have success. Uh, and I think that we are all waiting for it to come to a crashing end. I think we're waiting to see this team go on a losing streak and for this to all be kind of uh, not real, right? Like a, like, a, like a dream, like it's fake. Uh, and so the minute that they start losing, it's the, oh shit, here we go again kind of thing, right? Uh, the, it's the same thing with the bullpen. Bullpens blow games. It's just the fact of the matter. Bullpens blow <laughs> games across baseball. This isn't something that's ex exclusive <laughs> no, to no, the Arizona Derek. Diamondbacks. Only the right? Diamondbacks have blown games so, the last two years. But that's right? what I'm saying. Like we've talked about how good some of these guys have been. Especially, it's the reason why we started the whole Scott McGuff sexiest local man, uh, you know, campaign. It's because Scott McGuff deserves his credit where credit is due. He has been absolutely lights out for this team, and so have several members of their bullpen even though at times it doesn't really feel that way, you know, and, and even this series in, in San Francisco proved that where the bullpen really couldn't go in there and do what the giants bullpen seemingly has been able to do, you know, which is, which is hold a lead or, you know, hold those last couple of innings and not make it exciting. The diamondbacks did, you know, make it exciting against one of the best relievers on their squad though. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just think that, um, we don't really know what's happening with this team. Like there were a lot of, expectations and even people I think that had high expectations for this season, I think the Diamondbacks are even surpassing those expectations. So there's just that feeling out there, that sense of dread that the other shoe has to drop eventually. I feel like that's why everybody's so reactionary right now with this team. I think that's fair. I, I'm also, I'm just very amused at all the comments people are making in the chat right now about at least saying, I think we all have PTSD from past seasons like 2018 um, uh, Charles Woodall Pike. It's never if things go wrong for Arizona yeah, sports. It's just teams. when. It's just it's, when. It's just yeah. if you're an Arizona sports fan, and I get it. I mean, I'm I'm an air. I'm a big Suns fan. I was a Cardinals fan, but I just pretty much given up on that at this point. <laughs> he, to be frank, he kicked that narcotic. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, I understand that uh, the way that sports have gone in this city for a long time and yeah it's very much not just baseball right yeah. oh yeah uh, you oh, just yeah. kind of are conditioned to expect the worst so i understand that being a fan is is an emotional experience and you're going to ride the waves of those emotions it also is the d-backs are in a bit of a tough position i mean obviously you wouldn't 
you know, you wouldn't prefer to be in third place than first place. But you do kind of have a target on your back right now in the NOS with three extremely good baseball teams right behind you. Uh, so the D-backs are, you know, in in a kind of a difficult position right yeah. now, being kind of the new kids on the block, a first place team, a team way ahead of schedule and, you know, some pretty formidable teams right behind them trying to trying to do some damage. And that's also a heavy, a heavy task on Mike Hazen now to try to figure out how to shift gears when you probably had a different plan laid out when the season started. And now you literally have to throw that shit in, in the trash and, and, you know, literally go back to the drawing board and figure out what you're going to do. Oh, shoot. We're good. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you know, so anyway. uh, one more question. Then we got some ad stuff to do. But our last question of segment one comes from Michael. Michael Rokicki. Michael asked the sports gods offer the following trade. They guarantee the D-backs win the 2023 World Series in exchange. Derek must give up watching wrestling. Jesse has to give up salad and go, and Sean has to give up Burrito Express. Derek got a for life really bad into the stick here. I think compared to Sean and Jesse. I mean, yeah, they just don't get to go to one of their favorite food yeah, places. Jesse, Derek got the thing. And that he I literally loves have to stop life. watching the thing I've watched since I was five and currently have a job in. Do you accept the trade? Oh man, what a personal like this is a personal attack on me i feel you're, like yeah your side of this is the only side where jesse discussing. can get salads elsewhere <laughs> sean can get burritos elsewhere but i know he doesn't want to i know he absolutely doesn't want to go anywhere besides burrito express but me giving up wrestling oh man do i get to at least read the dirt sheet still i don't know i <laughs> oh man that time look look at times uh as a 42 year old man i have kind of gotten over watching wrestling um i watch a lot of wrestling and uh it's hard for me to still feel like i enjoy it as much as i did however uh i watched kenny omega take on will osprey last night and it was one of the most incredible matches i've ever seen in my life so the answer is no i'm sorry the answer is no i will never stop watching wrestling for anything or anybody and ask my wife we've already had that talk uh jesse sorry I'm not giving you. You're still yeah, getting, I don't. I don't think the people are gonna like your answer. You, get, you still get salad uh, and go. I know they're not. I'm sorry. I got to be honest. Uh, that's one thing people respect in me uh, is my honesty. Connor, what if? Uh, what Connor if says, it was, But it's a World Series. I know. It's a yeah. World what? What if it was that none of us could watch baseball ever again? Ooh, no, like, Jesse. Why like are you, you doing get, that? You get that World Series, but oh. you just. You just got to be dreaming about anymore. it for the rest of your life. You don't get us anymore. We go away because we can't Well, we can still do the show. We That's going to be a weird show. We're going to be like, I don't know. Can you guys explain to us what happened in the sixth <laughs> inning of that game? Because we're not allowed to watch it. We can still um, look at box scores and stuff, no, right? No, I don't like it. And Sean's <laughs> not going to give show. up Burrito Express. I'm telling you, I know that. Sean's not giving up Burrito Express. Uh, it, no one here should give up Burrito Express because it's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, and they have a wide variety of delicious burritos and i love every single one of them uh they're all great make sure to check out burrito express around the valley they have multiple value locations but of course the best one is their tempe location uh, forks up all the time uh, they also do all sorts of wonderful community service and they support asu athletics and athletes they also have some uh sponsored uh, athletes. So we thank them so much for being a part of our thing that we got going on here. We thank them for their food. Their burritos are always incredible. Grab a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter at Burrito EXP and make sure uh, to give the homies a shout out. Also, before we get on to more mailbag questions, got to thank our friends at More Furniture for, of course, furnishing Jesse's house, furnishing my house, furnishing the apartment. Uh, they, 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 they've sold out of Chase Lounges all because of us. And uh, Jesse is mostly the reason why that's happened. So if you wanted a Chase Lounge, sorry, you're out of luck. Make sure you wait until they come back in the stock. But check morefurniture.com, of course, uh, to keep an eye on their wonderful stock. Get whatever you want except a Chase Lounge because, again, sold out. But uh, they helped us furnish our studios, and we couldn't have done it without their white glove delivery service. So do not sleep on that. Save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com. And now we have some more Mailbag Monday questions. What do we got, Damon? Uh, Silas asks, uh, at Silas on Twitter, asks, does Lavello have final say on the lineup card, or does the front office dictate who should be playing? Some of the decisions truly seem bizarre. Uh, this is 100% Toy Lavello. I mean, I, I don't know if he has someone in his ear at times. I don't know if there's other. Tori seems like the kind of guy that takes a lot of people's advice. So I don't feel like anybody's telling him what to do, but I feel like he's the kind of guy that would at times check in with 
his coaching staff and other people to see maybe if they had, you know, some, I guess, uh, some input. But for the most part, Tory does have final say on the lineup card. I think that is the reason why some of the decisions tr- seemed so bizarre, mostly because Tory likes to run things a certain way. And Tory doesn't let things like hitting streaks or who's hot or who's cold or anything sure. get in the way. He tends to have his game plan decided. It's going to be based on, you know, the starting pitcher and it's going to be based on his lineup and things like that. It's going to be based on who he feels like needs a day off. And he has those scheduled out. He's very much a player's manager where regardless of of how good guys are doing, he 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 feels like it's his job to rest guys and make sure that they're at their best at all times. So, you know, I, I think that at the end of the day, that's the reason why his lineup seems so weird is because <laughs> he has no problem straying away from what the majority of people would do based on things like a guy just being incredibly hot or like we've even talked about some of the series during the regular season that we feel is are important. And Tori still kind of maintains the same course regardless of the opponent. I think Tori has the final say, but at least for me personally, I don't know. I don't know exactly what goes on there and, you know, how much I'm sure that the front office has some degree of input there. Um, I, I they, have would, all the, they have all the say when it comes to the guys they're giving him to be in right. the lineup. And, that and is Tory, very true. Tori has made it clear at times that he has very little influence on that. Like they might say, are you OK with this? But for the most part, even if he says no, they might still pull the trigger because that's their decision at the end of the day. Did you know is is Tory solely responsible for uh you know Paven Smith being the Diamondbacks leadoff hitter for the the time that he was? I I don't know if I would be I mean I would I would assume so that's the direction I would lean but the the reality is that we just don't we just don't know we don't know exactly how those decisions are made. Uh, there are some things about Tory like you were talking about you know how he likes to give guys those scheduled days off. Um, you know, th- those kinds of characteristics you can tell are clearly from him and, and, you know, he's the, he's the one who's, who's making those things happen. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he doesn't have the final say over who, you know, which players he has to pick from every day. Right. right? And so, you know, you might have to sort of make some compromises in your lineup knowing that maybe you'd rather have this guy from AAA in Absolutely. the lineup, but you don't have, Absolutely. you don't have that option. <laughs> like I, I imagine I, I see Tori as the meme from Silicon Valley where the guy's standing, staring out the window every time he looks at like what Kyle Lewis is doing in Reno, like another five for five night for Kyle <laughs> Lewis hand against window. <laughs> All right. What else we got message from cogs or no, Brian Bobbitt, Brian Bobbitt asks timing for this question. Isn't the best since his last start was a clunker. But is it time we start discussing Merrill Kelly alongside Zach Gallon in the Cy Young race? Uh, yes and no. I think Merrill Kelly is never going to get the credit that he deserves, to be honest. Even if he does put up amazing numbers, he just does it in a fairly unspectacular way where he doesn't get that many whiffs and that many strikeouts at times, but he just always does his job. Like, we've seen Merrill Kelly put up some extraordinary numbers in starts this season. And, yeah, we'll go ahead and just leave that last clunker kind of out you know, of the, of the, of the discussion for now, but I I think very much so Merrill Kelly is worthy of it, but he would not actually get that credit. That's what I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe the spirit of the question is like, should, should he get that credit? Like, should he be in this conversation? I, I think to some level, yes, I wouldn't say he, I would consider him a front runner, and uh, and yeah, I mean, he doesn't have he doesn't have the peripherals that Zach Gallen has. And in this day and age, you know, there are a lot of baseball traditionalists out there who have votes. So I don't think you necessarily have to have those things. But, you know, if Gallen and Merrill Kelly have ERAs that are similar, but Gallen has a FIP of 2.50 and Merrill has a FIP of 3.75, I'm, I'm estimating there. But I think that's roughly where those numbers stand right now. I don't think it's going to be all that close. I think you're you're clearly going to give it to the guy, you know, who has those better peripheral numbers. So right now, even though Merrill has had an outstanding season and I think deserves so much credit for, you know, at age 34, just continuing to get better, adding a adding a pitch this year with the slider and being a, a huge part of this Diamondbacks team. I think Gallon is still the, the much more viable candidate, just given 
you know, how few walks he has, how many strikeouts he has, the fact that he's probably been a little bit unlucky with some of the batted ball contact this year. Merrill, those narratives don't really hold. I think he's, he's if anything, probably overperforming a little bit right now with where he's at. Very true. Uh, and just to get back to Kyle's question in the chat, uh, no, no official word yet on who Justin Martinez is a replacement for. Uh, he is going to most, he's going to be a bullpen arm, but uh, we don't know how things are going to shake out yet, and it's not official yet. So that remains to be uh, determined by the team. We'll have that information for you guys tomorrow. Uh, next question comes from Cogs, notorious troublemaker, King Snake Cogs. He asks, who is your personal favorite D-backs top 30 prospect out of Lawler, Jones, and Fott? Uh, and that's a fantastic. Out, outside of Lawler, Outside Jones of those guys, Fott, right? right? Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts there, Jesse, on top 30 prospects? I, I know mine. I think I know mine. Okay, go for it. Um, mine is going to be Davison De Los Santos. Uh, I think that that guy is an absolute freaking beast. I think that the Diamondbacks are kind of holding off. And I don't know. I don't know if defensively if he's going to come around to be able to be an everyday third baseman. But sure. uh, if he can, if he can, I mean, that guy is, is, I feel like, the future of this team. At times, the Diamondbacks aren't doing things. Like, I don't foresee them doing anything else at shortstop right because they have perdomo there nick ahmed might not be there next season but we know jordan lawler is close right so it's like they're they're not going to do anything to bog down a position that they know that they have their future starting shortstop waiting kind of in the wings for i feel like davis and de los santos could potentially be that uh for this team and I still don't believe that he's five foot eleven, because um, <laughs> the man's a beast, and uh, I, I think that uh, he's going to he's going to be very good for this team soon. Davison De Los Santos is is just, uh, I mean, in, in theory, right? Like he's your he's your power hitting third baseman, something the Diamondbacks yeah. really could use right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, his numbers in Amarillo this year, he's hitting 203, 269, 310. That's a five seventy nine OPS for a guy who doesn't have a whole lot of defense or base running value oh. yeah you're a far cry yeah. there from where you need to be yeah. he is only 20 years old so i think a lot of people are saying you know what let's wait and see uh it's been kind of a disaster for him this year double a frankly yeah. but he's so young that i don't think you're ready to to fully move on from him at this point um this is a hard this is a hard question there's a number of different directions there are go there this. are i i felt the same way uh i also had human lynn obviously with sure. his extraordinary pitch uh, selection that he has and my my god his numbers this year have been incredible there's been like a lot of praise coming out and a guy you talked to Ivan Melendez another guy who uh, of course just Hispanic the uh, Titanic that's very relevant right now in in pop culture so uh I like that name and it makes me laugh it is yeah it. Ivan Melendez All does right. have a, an incredible an incredible nickname yeah uh, he he's a good one for sure. Ivan Melendez has had really an incredible year for Hillsborough. If you haven't seen it, we did an interview with Ivan Melendez a few weeks ago. You could find it on YouTube. It's also on gophnx.com. You can read the interview there. A lot of good stuff with that. Um, they actually, uh, over at Fangraphs, uh, they just released their uh, top Diamondbacks prospect list, which I think looks pretty different from uh, from what you would find in MLB.com or other places. But there's a number of younger players here, Derek, that I think are interesting uh, one of them is Christopher Torin, who is a name who is sort of caught on. They have him at eighth on the list. Um, and he's a guy that they have listed as potentially having a 70 hit tool in the future, which <sighs> is insane, right? I mean, that's 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 big time, that's big time contact ability. So uh he's one guy that comes to mind. He's a middle infielder, probably a second baseman. Um, has a good chance to stay at second base, could be a really good defender there. And and his offensive ceiling, there might not be a whole lot of power there, but there's really an incredible field to hit. Um, and he's 18 years old right now. So a long ways away, but there's Christopher Torin and there's there's a few other guys, which I'm sure yeah. at some point we'll have a show where we go more in depth on all those guys. But there's a few yeah. really young players that have just come up through this you guys, You guys brought up some of our favorites as well. Ryan Bliss, Blaze Alexander, a lot of guys playing really good baseball in the minor league system. So yeah, uh, And it's funny because when you hear uh, someone like Mike Hazen say that you know the trade market is getting a little less likely and they might have to look internally at candidates to fill roles – this team has so much good young talent. I can understand how hard it would be to want to trade some of those guys away suddenly 
when, again, you didn't expect the team to be this good. And now you got to make that decision as to part ways with yeah. some potentially the you know potential future members of this team in order to get better now, uh, which I hope is something that they don't sacrifice for. But uh, we'll see. Next question comes from Real Native Nick, and he asks, which starting pitcher, relief pitcher would you like to see get traded <laughs> to AZ? All of them. Oh, here we go. <laughs> All of them. Let's let's pick one. Let's take one, shall we? I will take Eduardo Rodriguez from the Detroit Tigers. He is a guy specifically with the way that the Tigers have been performing, and he's kind of been a target. He's been brought up uh, as linked to the Diamondbacks a couple of times when we talk about potential trade candidates. I don't know how much it would take, but I feel like he might cost just a little less than some of the other names that the Diamondbacks have been linked to. And I just think he could be incredible here. I really do. I think that the change of scenery mixed with what we've seen out of his numbers already, uh, he could be a solid number three in the rotation for the Diamondbacks. Man, uh, I mean, we're we're about to just so everyone knows we're about to go like full into all the trade deadline Jesse's, stuff. Jesse's gonna. Um, Jesse saw what uh, Gerald did over on the Suns. It was like, oh, uh, yeah. Hold my Ger- beer. Our Suns writer uh, <laughs> wrote about forty trades for DeAndre Ayton, I think. Which and uh, yeah, we have more. I think we, have we got more. more we got more trade, trade deadline targets. Here. Yeah. Uh, so we're in the coming weeks. We're gonna have all sorts of funding through all these names. But to give a name right now, I think a name we've talked about on the show before. I think Lucas Giolito would be a huge ad for the Diamondbacks at the deadline. Um, I still am sort of leaning towards that the White Sox will sell, although we don't know that for sure. I don't think they've said that. That division, right? Uh, That division is so so bad that it doesn't really allow for a team to be truly out of it at this stage in the season. But yeah, Lucas Giolito, I think, is a a good balance of a number of things. He is just a rental through the rest of the season, which I think means he wouldn't, cost a ton Uh, i think he would cost a lot but not a ton i think that's what the diamondbacks are going to have to probably focus on unfortunately which sucks because it's going to cost more than you want to give up for you know a a rental essentially there's going to be a lot of teams in the market for that but yeah geo i mean if you slide in lucas giolito as the number three starter on the diamondbacks that's a pretty darn good one two three punch uh, so yeah we'll get into a whole bunch more names on future shows but there's there's one that comes to there mind you go what else we got damon last question comes from ryan hanley ryan asks who will should be the next number to go up next to randy gonzo and jackie my god that's a good question <laughs> um do we think paul goldschmidt gets that yeah honor? that's the first one that that's the first one that comes to mind yeah um, i feel like it's paul He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory right now with what he's done with the uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals and obviously continued an incredible career there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is a little it's a little different, right, because he hasn't, you know, I mean, he very well may wind up playing the majority of his career elsewhere, depending on how long he stays in the league. But, yeah, I mean, I think that would I think that would make sense. The correct answer is Corbin Carroll. That's there the correct go. answer. Uh, <laughs> just put it up there now. Like, it'd be wild. Let's just retire his number while he's an active player. And, I mean, I think everybody's fine with that, right? I don't think that's too much pressure on young Corbin Carroll. Uh, not like he doesn't have the entire pressure of being potentially the first MVP slash rookie of the year candidate in, like, 20 years. But whatever. Anyway, uh, you need to go check out this team if you haven't done so already, especially on the road. And if you do go on the road, make sure to stop by Circle K. Fill up not only yourself, your car, but your soul with Circle K. Uh, check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection and premium gas. And of course, uh, in-gas entertainment. Don't forget that. Uh, they have iced coffee for just $1.89, so stop overpaying for iced coffee elsewhere. 12 packs of beer for just $9.99. And of course, Red Bulls, three for $8. Monsters, three for $6. Make sure you're not missing out on all this great stuff right now. Text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Bops. Head to circlek.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. And while you're there, of course, pick up the official craft beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Four Peaks Rattle on Red Ale, and as well as all their wonderful varieties of beer. Get them wherever you get your beers. Uh, Of course, get them at Chase Field at the Four Peaks Draft Room, where we will be hanging out before our D-backs takeover events. Check out in our events page for more information uh, on dates and tickets for those takeover events. Uh, And of course, before the end of this month, get over to fourpeaksforteachers.org to nominate, donate, or reserve your kit for it, your thank, to thank a teacher 
Uh, teachers, they don't get thanked enough. And of course, this year, Four Peaks is trying to thank them uh, with 11 $1,000 cash grants and one lucky teacher will win a teacher's lounge renovation provided by Four Peaks. To thank a teacher again, go to fourpeaksforteachers.org and complete the form to enter their chance to win. Nominations are due June 30th. Uh, and teachers, if you get a chance, head out to the 8th Street Pub. Of course, every Tuesday through July, you bring a valid teacher ID and you will receive $4 pints of Kilt Lifter, Wow, Hazy, and Hop Knot. Check out at Four Peaks Brewer at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest in Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy Four Peaks, and please drink responsibly. Uh, well, that's all we got. BK trying to slide in with a last-minute question. Should we give Gallon an extension at the end of the season? <laughs> give Gallon an extension now. <laughs> Extend him as soon as possible. Do it yesterday. Uh, there, I, there's no question about the Diamondbacks wanting to extend Gallon. It's more about Gallon wanting to extend his career with the Diamondbacks. And unfortunately, uh, things are pointing in the direction of that not happening. But I don't want to end on a low note. And I feel like you forced my hand with that. So yeah, uh, I will go. say well done, we love Derek. you guys so much. <laughs> the Arizona Diamondbacks remain in the National League, a number number one spot in the National League West. Uh, and of course, they have a big game tomorrow. Nothing today. So go enjoy yourself. Have a wonderful day off and get back with us tomorrow. We will be having our post-game show tomorrow after their first game with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, we will be out there at Chase Field. Jesse might stick around. I don't know. Sean's gone, so Jesse can't stick around. See, yeah, there's a enough. cascading event, uh, effect when Sean goes and starts a new family in Nashville, and now we are left to figure it out. We, we're his old family that now have to pick up the pieces, you know? <laughs> uh, but uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Damon, the maniac behind the Mac, he is at Damon Dog, D-A-W-G at the end, and then you have to do a little woo-woo before you follow him. Of course, uh, our show's at PHNX underscore D-Backs, and all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys so much for stopping by. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun when you don't leave us to go to Nashville. <laughs>